Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you're fully aware of the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs are 3-0 to start this 2020 NFL season. Their reward now is Bill Belichick coming into town, and it's also coming with a very strange energy where I can't find a single Chiefs fan who's afraid of Bill Belichick coming to try to slow down the Chiefs' offense. That's where we've arrived. The good news is that we're not having to see Sam Darnold for a few more weeks because we're recording this episode of Times Ours here on The Athletic. Uh, while this Thursday night banger is happening, Sam Darnold <laughs> just ran for like a 45-yard touchdown. Listen, I mean, Lamar Jackson on Monday night was one thing, but I'm a little, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid now if this Patriots game is a look-ahead game because the Chiefs now know the Jets are coming to town in a few weeks. Um, look, you know, when a guy <laughs> gets outside of contain and you let him run rock shot on you, um, that's your fault, you know? Like, <laughs> look at the tape, fella. Look at the tape. Do you not see what Sam Darnold's doing out here? Now, usually he's moving around and throwing the ball to Braxton Berrios, who, um, if you want to look this up on the internet, kids, I covered him in high school in Raleigh, wow. North Carolina. Um, so, yeah, anytime, anytime somebody says Sam Darnold, I immediately just go to, like, Googling uh, Braxton Berrios. And, uh, yeah, you should have saw the tape, Broncos. I mean, come on. Like, he's putting so many things on film similar to Patrick Mahomes and Lamar yeah. Jackson that you have to prepare for it. At this point, I know Russell Wilson, like, he's the MVP favorite, but right now Sam Darnold sort of looks like the best parts of Patrick Mahomes and the best parts of Lamar Jackson. Seth, your thoughts? Fair. I, that's it. That's pretty fair to me. Um, no, I was just I people. Yeah, so the Chiefs schedule now. The Chiefs. I'm, I, I'm trying to peel the curtain back a little bit um, for our dear listeners to know mm-hmm. that immediately yeah. prior to us recording, I was losing my mind watching Sam Darnold just like like morph up and shake off tacklers, and it was just like, holy (laughs) crap. And so, you know what? That's completely fair. I personally think they ought to see if they can package a deal for Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Frank Clark, and Chris Jones for Sam Darnold, and let's do this. Let's run the ball with the quarterback for 400 yards a game. At the very least, Seth, the cap space they would pick up by replacing Mahomes with Sam Darnold would be tremendous. I mean... Imagine what you could spend yeah. $500 million on. Yeah, you could even you could, draft a quarterback could. to replace Sam Darnold. <laughs> you Look, could. And, and he has the afterburners, too. I mean, how did nobody see this at the Combine, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> right? I Every now and then we get a reminder that, like, even the guys that we don't view as, like, great athletes in the yeah, NFL. Incredible athletes. They're just, like, <laughs> freaks of nature. 
Like, I constantly, and I think it's because uh, I had someone tell me, I don't remember who it was, tell me that Mahomes wears, like, a rib protector type thing under Mm -hmm. his pads. And so I constantly have people, like, my wife's like, oh, he's got a little belly. I'm like, you should stand next to that (laughs) dude now. Patrick Mahomes is not one of the people changing in the locker room because he's way too careful for that. But you stand next to that dude in, like, a cut-off T-shirt or whatever, you're like, this dude is huge and jacked and ripped. And, like, so even these guys, you're thinking, like, well, Mahomes isn't that athletic. He makes me – well, a lot of people make me. Let me think of a better analogy. He makes a regular <laughs> athletic person look pathetic and weak and tiny. And Sam Darnold made Justin Simmons look pathetic and weak and tiny. So that's that's the level of difference there. Tyron Matthew already tweeted out that he is watching this game. The Chiefs the, the Chiefs have to get through, again, look-ahead games with the Patriots, Ravens, and Raiders, and Bills. Uh, but then they get the Broncos and Jets in back-to-back weeks. At this point, I have to wonder if if Matthews like text and spags to be like, "Hey, should we just like run the run the second string out there these next three weeks? Because I got to be ready for Sam Darnold and Brett ripping it in these next uh, in these back-to-back weeks that they're, they've got coming up." <laughs> That's so Look, funny. Who knew that the AFC East was going to be the toughest stretch of Great the Chiefs' point. schedule? Yep. In terms of their running back, you know, tour campaign, whatever you want to call it, I. You know, for a couple weeks now, we're going to see Cam Newton do Cam Newton things. Josh Allen play football as if there are no consequences in life. And (laughs) Sam Darnold, you know, do do some things that were not on tape at the combine. Um, So, look, I, I don't know what that means. You know, for the Miami Dolphins, hell, maybe we'll see Tua from time to time. Uh, But, hell, I mean, look, just get me to Josh Allen Thursday, okay? Because if you want to see the kookiest Thursday night football game, Chiefs-Bills is coming, folks. Josh Allen acting like there are no consequences, kids. Just doing things because he can, because he wants to, because the coaches is screaming in his ear, and he's like, well, you're not on the field because I can do whatever I want. And if I want to blow a 20-3 lead only to come back and win the game for you, then darn it, I'm going to do it. Um, In terms of the Patriots, I know that's definitely what you want to hear right now. Look, Bill Belichick's great at football. It's going to be a close game. And why don't we just have fun talking about Sam Darnold? <laughs> there, that's our whole nice. Patriots preview is right there. I'm just shaking in my boots because I know that uh, Sam Darnold's coming up. Also, I did I did notice what you did right there, Nate, which was you skipped over the quarterback that plays the week after this week against the Chiefs. You skipped right over the Raiders and Derek Carr, who everyone for like four, not everyone, who too much of Twitter thought might have been good again for like 45 minutes, and then the Patriots made him completely irrelevant again. Why did you do that? Why didn't you respect? <laughs> He's tired of being disrespected. What What if I told you? that Josh Allen will do reckless things this Sunday that will make Derek Carr a good quarterback again. (laughs) Not against that Bills defense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you may have found the the weakness in my argument, sir. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, man, that's the thing with Derek Carr. Man, I thought he had it for a little while, but like that Belichick played some of the most disrespectful coverages I've ever seen seen i've literally never seen someone like someone like tweeted out like oh he's double teaming the checkdowns i was like there's no way that's true there's no way and then i watch i was like holy crap he's double teaming the check he, double, he was double teaming the checkdowns it was literally yeah. literally did yeah it, it's so disrespectful but i actually didn't even realize that the chiefs uh play you the know, bills you know, that you know, quickly you know, you know you know seth the the tendencies tell us what the coverage should be 
and we've done our film. We, we've we've looked at the tape. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Derek Carr, but based on the offense that John Gruden is running, I think I think Waller and the checkdowns are the only thing that they run. Um, Henry Rose was not on the field. Why in the hell would I respect the Raiders' deep threats and? Uh, the tendencies told us that the checkdowns needed to be needed to be accounted for. You know, the, you actually had it for a little while there. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was I was like, hey, yeah, that sounds like Belichick. But not at my laptop and microphone, thinking today I was going to do a Bill Belichick impersonation, which I guess based on this podcast history, I should have been. But look, guys, a lot's been going on this week. <laughs> oh, well, it's been a busy week. Yes. With that in mind, uh, both of you guys have written things about the the Monday night game that we obviously we talked about it um, Tuesday morning. But there, there are a couple of things you guys have both dug into a little more. Uh, Nate, you got some good stuff from Eric Bieniemy today that I imagine is probably going to show up in written form at some point uh, after mm-hmm. we finish recording this podcast because he was wonderful today. And we'll actually look ahead some to uh to chiefs patriots and we'll just do it exclusively we're all gonna talk as bill belichick that's what it's gonna be it's gonna be a a hive mind of three bill belichick's talking about uh talking (laughs) about the game from his perspective it's gonna be great uh but where do you guys want to start what do you what do you want to what do you want to dig in on from from looking back first because there's some good stuff look a little play that you know, by the way, I, I love that Andrew's like, no, Nate, like, you know, you could be one of the four, you know, regular writers who cover the team. You can come out and watch training camp, man. You can look at it all. Like, take your notes, look at the formations. Look, now, if you say something, <laughs> which I've clearly cleared at this point, I, I, you know, you know, whatever the um, CIA slash, you know, Secret Service, you know, equivalent of the Chiefs department you know i've obviously cleared that hurdle but like i just i just enjoy that like hey man you get to see everything and it's great and you know it and like cherish it because like we're in a pandemic and fans aren't here it kind of sucks we're not in saint joe god have i ever missed saint joe before but like you know come 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 down come watch it take these COVID tests and look at look at my playbook yeah you got like four percent of my playbook doc because there's a play mm-hmm. called smoke sausage that we didn't <laughs> see all training camp and then he ran it in the biggest game of the year. And we only know that because I asked Eric Bietamie, and Eric Bietamie was like, well, hey, I don't remember the Eric Fisher play because guess what? We got too many plays like that. But <laughs> I do remember the sausage play because we called it smoked sausage. I mean, <laughs> look, if there's anything that the Baltimore Ravens need to understand, they don't even remember the plays they beat y'all with, okay? I mean, come on. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> That was the funniest thing. If you haven't seen the quote or heard the clip yet, or whatever, when Nate asked asked Eric Bieniemy about all of that and just like how many of those types of plays still existed in the playbook, and Eric Bieniemy straight up laughed. Like he laughed, and I think he said, the, "I think he might have said there are plenty of them, or something like that." Is the dismount? Well, it was like I was so happy to hear the question, Nate, because like they burned two good ones in one right. game, and then they, like, right. they get Belichick next. And I, right. and I I never thought like uh oh they burned two of their five but it's kind of like oh I wonder how many of those they have and I just straight up think that there is like a college ruled notebook and inside of a binder inside of a briefcase inside of a of a safe somewhere that's just like <laughs> it's just Andy secret stuff and it's just it's just got to be a hundred pages thick it, it, I mean it has to be and I know for for you Seth like we're all sort of freaking out and. The better part of this is we all have to remember how many plays they ran similar 
in the Super Bowl. So it's like, yeah. Okay. If you ran all those plays in the Super Bowl and you're unleashing this stuff, I don't know, week three against the top contender in your conference, what does that mean if they've like kind of mapped out some of this stuff for the postseason? Like, what? I, I, I like it's insane. Man, here's the interesting thing to me is like people focus on obviously like the crazy trick plays, right? Mm-hmm. Which I get, you know, the the greatest seven yard gain of all time that, you know, <laughs> Wildcat. Like the funny thing is like, man, if Mahomes had wanted to just burn the world to the ground, had he glanced to his right and he would have seen Nick Kaiser with more open field in front of him <laughs> than any NFL player has any right. And that would – can you imagine like a 30-yard gain to Nick Kaiser at that point? Like does just, he, I mean, Steve Levy know who Nick Kaiser is? Yeah, there's no way. Like they, that would have been one of those like, who is that guy? Like mm-hmm. no one would have known. Um so people focus on these trick plays, and, and they, they're they're awesome. But what got me is the unfolding of concepts that you're seeing built in yeah. from previous games, and I just and and you see a little bit more expanded usage of certain players. Like I felt like a prophet because I wrote prior. I'm like, man, they need to get Clyde Edwards Lair out on some more productive routes. Like get yep. him down the field a little bit. And it's like, hey, Patrick Queen is supposed to be an awesome coverage linebacker do me a favor why don't you go deep on him Mm -hmm. let's just see what happens Mm -hmm. and he just shook him and tracked the ball in the air it was just it's cool watching him unfold these concepts because they have a crap ton left and they i mean oh here's a here's just something a little preview on some fourth and one this season they are going to fake that exact same handoff to sherman and they're going to pitch it to the running back moving the other way, and it's going to go for about 50 yards. <laughs> right. That is going to happen. They should have done it this last time. Just on a side, I was watching that replay. I was like, man, if Mahomes keeps that and flips it to the running back, he could have gotten on his hands and knees and crawled to the first down. Like, he could have, like, like gotten on his back and caterpillared his way to the first down. It would have looked weird. But he could have done but so it. So did throwing and, a ball to Eric Fisher and an underhand pitch to Anthony Sherman, and then also all spinning <laughs> like a bunch of ballerinas in the Super Bowl. Looking, looking it, weird has never stopped Andy Reid. No, he's never. just he's having so much fun. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm just here for it, man. It's so much fun to see him do it. But I would just urge fans to like the the trick plays are so cool. But watch the route concepts and combinations that they're folding into into their different looks. That's where like the magic is at, man. Where you're just like, oh man, what should the Ravens have done there? Nothing. Right. Nothing. Have there was no players. winning. Yeah, you're just <laughs> done. It just it's like, oh well, we're gonna account for him. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because now Travis Kelsey's wide open over the middle of the field, and it's just it's so much fun to watch. And the and the thing too is, you you know that they're going to identify, or they already have by I don't know Thursday night of game week. They've already identified who they're going to pick on for the Patriots. And <laughs> God bless that, that poor soul, you know, because mm-hmm. if you can pick on a on a Patrick Queen, who's like borderline first-round pick talent, um, and you can pick on Marcus Peters, arguably one of the best coverage corners in the league, um, and given the amount of opt-outs that the Patriots had to their top-flight defensive players, I, 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 I'm just interested to know who that one or two – players are for the Patriots and them getting on a bus to get on a plane to get on another bus to get to a locker room 
to get on a field to be put in the most compromising situation possible. <laughs> That's a lot of steps. I never really thought about how much they have to go through just to get on the field. Holy right <laughs> before 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 you know Andy has McCole Hardman run a double route that you know you're going to look at Tyreek Hill, which immediately means oh. McCole Hardman is going to come wide open. Oh, that was that was beautiful, and it took advantage of player tendencies, which is something Reed is very good at. And yep. it also takes advantage of the general tendency when you've got he's he's um he, he's fading away towards the non-play side, right? They don't expect yeah. you yeah. to he, he's he's rolling in the direction of where the where the protection shifted. No one makes that throw back across from the opposite hash, and that's why Marcus Peters is perfectly it's forgivable that he's like I'm going to jump this hill route cuz that there's no way he's going to throw hey there's the ball and that just <laughs> oh it just seems so disheartening like it just really to does. get embarrassed like I don't blame Humphrey is a great corner and he had one of the best reactions when Mahomes <laughs> did that jump fake yes. thing and he was like he was in agony he, he was straight hands. out of Job spreading ashes around him rendering his garments and ripping out his beard while his <laughs> wife stood next to him screaming you stinketh just curse God and die and he just it was just it was bad is what I'm saying whoa, whoa, whoa oh my god hold on sorry confetti is falling out of the ceiling that was our 100th Old Testament reference in an episode of Times Ours <laughs> That's incredible. It says congrats, incredible. Seth, on, on Old Testament reference number 100. My room is a mess I think now. like 87 of them have been from Job, yes. too, so we know we've been. Me, me. <laughs> for, for those of, of, of you who who uh, who read a little, little, little book called the Bible, um, me, me and Seth particularly enjoy the book of Job because <laughs> when I'm lying it's to you hard, and, and it, you know, occasionally it happens. When our lives get hard, we can reference. You know, Job had it a little harder. You know, that's yep. that is true. And you know, sometimes these football players are very symbolic in the terms of the biblical warfare that's going on in the battle of territory between whoever's <laughs> playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, listen, guys, if you, if you guys think that you're right now in the peak of suffering, another live look in a Thursday night football, Sam Darnold just went into the blue injury tent, is now headed to the locker room. Joe Flacco is in the game. Joe Flacco! So Joe! Joe! If you the thought, return of Joe! If you thought this game, if you thought if you thought Job suffered. Is he Lazarus? Job, Job <laughs> never, that's pretty good. Job never, never had to watch Brett Ripien versus Joe Flacco. I'm still not sure if that's how you pronounce his name or not. <laughs> Joe. Joe, that's true. Of all the things that happened to that guy, that that is so true. I, you know, it's just football, though. It's football, and I got to tell you, the timeline is like so much better when there's football on. Whether it's great football, it's almost better. The Twitter timeline is almost better when it's terrible football because that's when the jokes start. Because like when Patrick Mahomes does something incredible, right? You see a few really good comments, like breaking it down. You see a few really funny jokes. And as a Chiefs fan, it's always funny watching non-Chiefs fans, especially like national guys, like reacting to Mahomes. And they're just like, what is this? Like what, what is happening? And that's fun. But it's not nearly as fun as the jokes when football gets bad. Like, because people are just desperately trying to keep themselves entertained. So I'm here <laughs> for it. I'm like, if you don't hear much from me the rest of the show, I'm refreshing Twitter constantly. Joe and... Flacco just threw a three-yard pass on third and 30. <laughs> <laughs> Someone just Robert Mays. 
uh, fellow athletic yeah, uh, new colleague. member. Good new colleague Robert Mays said, raise your hand if you remember that Joe Flacco was on the Jets. Every single one of you is a liar. <laughs> that is a great tweet. This is what I'm here for. I don't know. I'm just tweeting. Right now, was, I'm, I'm literally just typing a tweet because I'm also distracted now. Just with, I don't know if right. the XFL has a good enough product to make people watch it, said everyone watching Thursday Night Football, Brett Ripien versus Joe Flacco. Come on, Rock. <laughs> the Rock's bringing it back. We're getting the XFL 3. It's happening, and it can't be worse <laughs> than this. <laughs> Look, look, he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't uh, secure the funding to to buy the Chiefs and, and, and ballers. So, like, right. you know, <laughs> let's, let's, let's push this thing a little bit out. You know, let, let me get every French player imaginable and make this thing hot. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, just on a side note, Josh, you said something a while ago before we went a certain direction. Sure. Man, we the Chiefs play the Patriots this week, and is it my imagination, or does it not feel like that big a deal? Yeah, no, I think that that's I think that's fair. I think it's well. Here's you know what I'm gonna go ahead and ramp that up a little bit. I think the Chiefs are playing the Patriots this week, and it's a much bigger deal to the Patriots, and that might be weirder. That yeah, no, I, both your points are excellent because, um. This is the first time since I've covered this team where, like, the Patriots week felt like, I don't know, uh, a Broncos week? Like, in yeah. a weird way? Yeah, where it matters. And, and look, Belichick scares me. Like, Belichick, let me just tell you, he's the dude that started off with these cover zero looks to beat Mahomes. He didn't right. really do it last year, and they did a good job against Mahomes in the Chiefs last year. Now, Mahomes still wasn't really himself yet. Um but, like, they, they did a good job. They held him to 23 points, you know? Yeah. And, and they, they look good against him. Um, he's not going to come out and do that because he knows it's not 2018. So I'm just curious, what is the thing they're going to do this year? I have an idea. I want Josh to go first, but I have an idea. Okay. Um, my my idea is, did you guys ever see I, Tonya? <laughs> Look, <laughs> am I supposed to love Tanya Harding as much as I do? Oh, God, yes. I don't know. I don't know. That was weird, actually. I'm not sure. The angle of that film seems strange to me. I haven't seen it. Plucky underdog. That was my suggestion. Go ahead, Nate. Well, there is a disciple from the Bill Belichick tree. You may think it's not as productive or as fruitful as you'd hoped, but there was a game last year where a team was clearly undermanned on the other side of the ball from the Chiefs offense and then realized, hmm, it's about two things I could tell my guys to do. And if they do them perfectly, we'll only get beat on a late game-winning drive from Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so, Matt Patricia had the Detroit Lions last year say, you know what, my best cornerback's not here. Because um, I think it was Darius Slade did not play that game. Um, I have no real pass rush whatever to speak of, which I think the Patriots probably have a better pass rush than than uh, this previous game that I'm referencing from. But what the brilliance 
that was thwarted again by Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs offense was he dropped back eight people. He double teamed the living hell out of Travis Kelsey. <laughs> and he said, fellas, as soon as they catch the ball, don't tackle them. You know why? Because we're going to punch the football out because that's the only way to get turnovers against this team because Patrick Mahomes is never throwing another interception. <laughs> yeah, he's so, never. <laughs> so if you're the Patriots, I think – you, you bring the occasional blitz just to mix it up. Mm. But I think you drop eight back, pray to God he don't throw the ball over your head. And, hey, <laughs> with Sammy Watkins, McCole Hartman, Tyreek Hill, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Travis Kelsey, whenever they catch the ball, just don't even try to tackle them. Just try to punch the ball, see if you can get a turnover I that way. I forgot about and, that. And, it you know, kept hope happening. That you're, I know. That's uh, that is such a really really good point. Although, man, I, I'm so curious. I really think they're gonna try something that we haven't seen before against Mahomes. Because yeah. right now, the idea is, you know, what can you do? What can you do? You know, and that's like, I mean, like Mark Sco- Schofield, Schofield. I can never remember. Uh, awesome uh, analyst who who covers the Patriots in general. He he drew on a whiteboard, you know, uh, with a. Uh, you know, the, the the basic whiteboard of the Chiefs' basic offense. And his answer was – and he just wrote above it, heck if I know. Um, that's the PG version. And and that, that made a lot of traction. A lot of people were just like, I don't know. And I've talked to people that are way smarter than me. And I'm like, so what do you do? And it's like, well, you could be the Chargers and lose anyway. And, and like, well, there's just no great answer schematically. And that's the thing. Belichick doesn't have – an incredibly talented defense this year because he convinced multiple guys to opt out so they could take advantage of the salary yep. cap in 2021. Like, yep. that is absolutely what happened. Because, like, Hightower's a big deal on that defense. Well, you can't just sneak that in there and just go, no, that's what happened. Anyway, moving on. Hey, he just he just got a he just got a second from a legitimate NFL reporter. So like, it's twenty twenty. Yeah, this is. <laughs> listen to this. Everyone else is just like, oh, you know, we might lose a guy too. You know, people consider the Chiefs' losses bigger than most because Damian Williams and Laurent Duvernay Tardif, both of whom were role players at best, they've got like Marcus Cannon and Donta Hightower and Patrick Chung. Like they got like they're a fullback who in their offense is oddly important sitting out. Like they, come on, come on, no one believes you, Bill. Anyway, I just so Hightower is so important with what they do against the pass and the run. And Patrick Chung's an important part of what they do on defense. They don't have – Gilmore hasn't quite been like Gilmore this year, right? Although I'm curious if he's just going to be allowed to just mug Hill again. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole other ball of wax. Or Watkins. Why not? Why yeah, not? why not? I think, that was the, that I, was yeah, the I think other thing he was thing mostly on Watkins last time. He was mostly on Watkins, Watkins, yep, matchup. doing the man stuff, then trying to bracket. And they, like, the Patriots, if you turn on the All-22, they just like, oh, Travis Kelsey's out here 15 yards down the field. We might as well just hit him and grab him and see if they call a flag, which, hey, I'm not I'm not uh, disrespecting that. That's a good thing to do. They can't call they, a flag every time. Their strategy against Travis Kelsey is just to run the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph tape over and over. And just, hey, do this. just do this 40 effing times. Yeah. I don't care. Just see what happens because they won't call a whistle every time. They just won't. And so I'm just – I'm curious schematically because the, the answer that people seem to have right now is that your best shot against the Chiefs is personnel, 
not scheme, right? That's what everyone's mm-hmm. saying. You need really fast linebackers that can drop. You need a really good cornerback uh, group and a really good safety group and really well coached. And you need to be really disciplined against screens. And you also need a fantastic pass rush. That's mostly personnel stuff, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't have the personnel, which I think we saw a tacit admission by the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football, we saw a tacit admission from them, we cannot get pressure with just our front four. And FYI, they couldn't. Like, when they tried to yep. rush just straight up, Patrick Mahomes was just hanging out like, well, I guess I'm going to just throw to someone. Like, And so I, I don't think the Patriots have the horses to just get pressured with four Although Belichick loves to rush with four and do it in just bizarre banana ways. And so I just don't know. I'm really excited for that because Belichick always shows Mahomes something new. And the reason I like that, especially like after last year, is like they won and it was one more thing that Patrick Mahomes had seen. One more thing that he was prepared for in the future. And so I'm just excited for that. And also for you're going to start hearing more and more whispers like they're getting louder. They got a lot loud after Monday night. Like, we, we need someone to beat these guys. Someone's got to do something. You know what I mean? Like, the mm-hmm. NFL is – they, they just need someone to beat the Chiefs, and I'm excited for that to get louder. Because then who's left on the schedule that is, like, the next best hope for the NFL? The Bills, I guess? Yeah. And yeah. on a short yeah. week, they're the home team. Like, yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the Bills – the most unconventional three and out team I've ever seen in life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people tweet at me and I appreciate every single one of them continue to do it. Uh, this is not like the Foo Fighters when they were like, stop throwing Mentos at us. No, keep throwing these Mentos at me. <laughs> I, I, I want the Bills and the Chiefs to play literally the weirdest game of all time of a regular season contest. Because look, the Chiefs play weird games. The Bills are taking whatever drug that is, and they've, like, supermaned it. Um, So so I just want that on on Thursday night, whenever that comes, you know, in a couple weeks. Man, I almost went down a really dark cocaine to crack road there. And I'm glad we didn't. I'm glad I didn't. Because that's the analogy, though. The Chiefs are playing. No, what am I doing? I'm doing it. See, my wife you tells me I do it. this. She's like, you know, just because you say I was going to and then make the joke, that doesn't <laughs> forgive you for making the joke. But anyway. Can we just get four cameras, <laughs> some lab tracks, and get the sitcom of you and, and Jazz? Can we just have that? I just I just need a I need a trailer. Can someone put together a trailer <laughs> like on, on YouTube? I, yeah, like that. It would be a lot, a lot of of not great moments for me in which my wife's just looking at me and then I look at her and she looks at me and I look at her. She looks at me Is that not Everybody Loves Raymond? Is that not, like, I mean, I feel like... Okay, you know what? I am a better husband than Raymond. How dare you? I would never let my mom talk to my wife like that. Never. How dare you? Raymond needs to grow a pair and start treating Deb like she deserves. I have seen that show way too many times. You more of Holy a Frazier guy? Well, I'm confused. I don't... <laughs> but yeah, it would be a lot of those moments. That That's very true. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you need me to watch the kids tonight? It's like, you mean like the thing I told you about 1,400 times? Is that a yes or <laughs> I like, I feel like, are you mad? I feel like you're mad. No, I'm not mad. Yeah, but it kind of sounds like you're mad because I'm not great at letting things go. I don't know if people know that. but So that's what, it would be a lot of that. So yeah, everybody loves Raymond. Crap, that was really on point. Yeah, thank you. Um, weirdly, I have seen at least enough of Everybody Loves Raymond to think that that was a good connection point to make. So I continue to be uh, 
I continue to be an, an enigma. Can I um, can, can I break in one? Do more you guys want to? Can you guys validate a joke for me really quick? It's like a park. I need you to validate my parking because it's got three likes on Twitter right now, and I'm feeling pretty hurt about it. Oh, okay. Let's validate a joke and then talk so, about the fact that people are tweeting at us as we record that you are a more successful Sam Darnold, and we need to talk thank- about that. Yeah, we should. Mm. Uh, Jerry Judy just had a remarkable catch off of some poor Jets defensive back's face mask and then backpedaled into the end zone. It was really, it was nice. Um, and I just tweeted, man, it looks like Jerry Judy had a good Yom Kippur because that just <laughs> happened. And his last name is Judy. And I thought that was pretty funny. And it's got three likes and three replies of people telling me it's a bad joke. And I just wanted to know if you guys think it's a good <laughs> all joke. All units, all units, we have a robbery in progress. <laughs> I once, I once, I, I don't think. Look, man, I here, here's. I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer your question with a, with an anecdote. Just say it's a good joke. Yom Kippur was I'm gonna, like this I'm gonna answer this with an anecdote. Once, when my hands hurt, and maybe, maybe I've told you guys this. Maybe I haven't. I don't remember. I, my hands hurt because I type a lot, right? And my wife said, "Oh, do you think you've got a little carpal tunnel?" And I said, "More like great white charcoal tunnel." And <laughs> oh, I'm really happy about Josh's response to that. No, it's um, so bad. I'm mostly oh. shaking my head, but continue. Yeah, okay. You know what? I thought it was funny. I actually started laughing as I was delivering the joke, thinking that I had just delivered the that's when I developed a drinking problem from airplane, like level of humor, just like classic stuff. And so my wife was like, that is so not funny. And, like, she said it in, like, a not like, oh, you're, you're stupid, like, laughing. It was like, no, you stupid. Like, what is wrong with you? And so I put it on Twitter, and I'm like, okay, this is a good joke, right? And the first reply was that joke was so bad my wife left me. <laughs> so, anyway, it's a long road to a short thought. Josh, they can't all be winners. a little tricky there. They can't all be winners, buddy. That's yeah. <laughs> so oh you're not alone. But that's a good joke, I guess. I'm trying to be supportive, friend. You know, Josh, it's like pitching. You <laughs> you know you got the count in your favor. You know you executed <laughs> the pitch. Sometimes the ball is just never gonna land, and yeah. so you just gotta worry on the next. You just gotta just hey, you're gonna you're gonna get that strikeout. You're gonna laugh at that joke all the way to, to you know, the, the the dugout. But, you know, sometimes that ball is just never coming back and it's never landing. Much like the joke. <laughs> yeah, but much like the joke. It's, it's never landing. For most people, it seems. Yep, that's, Ooh, the, that's true. The unexpected dunk at the end of this story. Yeah. That was nice. Oh, anyway, but yeah, but, we're really not worried enough about the Patriots. And I just have this weird feeling. You remember last year, the last time I remember us being uh, this loose before a Chiefs yeah. game? And like, kind of like, ah, whatever. It was Chiefs Titans. Yeah. Because we were so thrilled that Mahomes. That was, was yeah. Be back. Okay, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, there's no way. And then they lost. Have you ever rewatched that no. game? Oh, I have. It's, it's 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 wild. Recently. I Maybe mean, right we kind of lost last... our minds the next day on the podcast. The, yeah. Well, because I mean, the last two minutes, the field goal shenaniganry that had to occur was just. So, oh, anyway, it was just so bad. So that makes me, like, I'm so not worried that I'm a little worried about this game. My thing is this. I was kind of nervous about Chiefs-Ravens just because 
I just, I don't know. I didn't feel like answering a bunch of questions all week of people being like, you know, maybe maybe the torch has been passed to Lamar Jackson, you know, or whatever. And I just didn't feel like doing that. And this week, I mean, what's what were they, even if they lose, what? They, they beat the Patriots last year. They're still the Super Bowl champs. The Patriots aren't really considered their challenger. So I've just got no nerves about this game, even though I think there's like a 50-50 chance Belichick unveils something that has us going, wow, no one's thought of that yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think yep. that, I mean, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but like the idea of like what's he going to show that no one else expected, I, I definitely think there's something to that. The thing that I was thinking about, and I was I, I was uh, I, I was on a Patriots podcast a little before we started this one, and they kind of asked about that. And the, I was so I've, I've I've basically been going through this thought process for like two hours. And the thing I keep coming back to is, what would it be that would matter that would like really fundamentally disrupt the Chiefs' offense? In fact, uh, Seth, if you don't mind, I'll push you right into what you wrote on the Athletic that came out a little bit earlier tonight. Um, people can go read now about what Reed and Spags did on Monday, and and you know it's obviously looking back. But I'm curious. I also have not read it. It came out like shortly before the podcast, so if it's not relevant, you can tell me so. But I'm I'm curious both from from a Mahomes standpoint, like when you read about the blitzing and everything right after the game, what you think they could do that could potentially bother Mahomes, and what we think that Andy Reid might be doing, either predicting what Bill's gonna do or just bringing his own thing to the table and then making the Patriots react to that. Like this really does feel like it's gonna be one of the best like NFL chess matches we can get. It just feels like to me. You've got two grandmasters, but the Chiefs have swapped out a few pawns with a couple extra rooks and bishops and maybe a second queen. Like, that's the Chiefs' offense, and I I think that that chess match is going to be fascinating regardless. Man. So, uh, thinking of something he could do schematically, one thing Belichick does that seems to consistently give the Chiefs a hard time, and this was true last year too, although just one side note, is that the Chiefs started looking better on offense mid-game when uh, Stefan Wisniewski came in mm. because they were struggling with stunts. Mm. And, like, Belichick, man, that's all they do, right? I mean, it's just constant, just guys moving all over and rushing from weird areas. And so I think what what he could do, a bunch of goofy movement up front, with just four guys, generally speaking, while just pressing the daylights to just say, all you got to do is cover for two seconds. I just need two seconds. Just don't let him get behind you. With the acknowledgement that it'll give up probably like one big play, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I could see that working. What I'm curious if what Reed does, if they try to run with uh, with fewer DBs like they have, or with more DBs like they have been, and have a, a game plan that's really based around rushing Mahomes with stunts and stuff, I wonder if you see like kind of a modified version of the Texans game plan, where he says, well, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to run draws, and while your guys are getting completely out of anything resembling run fits... Mm-hmm. I'm going to just watch Clyde Edwards-Hilaire run the ball for eight yards. Hmm. There's another eight yards. There's another eight yards. And up, he just juke your safety out of his socks. There's 20 yards. And just kind of similar to what they did against Houston, I think that's one possibility because they can do some things now that they, they couldn't before in terms of countering with the run game. But that that's just one thought. Belichick is so smart, man. So I'm like more like expecting him to do something where he'd be like, wow. I've literally never seen anything like that. So I'm I'm kind of here for that. Mm-hmm. I just even mean like what 
if, if you could explain, if you could predict what he was going to do, you'd be employed by one of these two teams. But I'm, I'm right. curious if there's like... Was my answer completely not no, 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 no. Because <laughs> you were like, well, right. But um, no, but I mean, to answer my actual question, I mean, I am sort of re-asking it slightly differently. But they could, you know, they, they could have been on me. I could have been an inaccurate question pass. This is I don't like know. the other day when I texted you something, and your response was, "Well, that's interesting." I think I said that's an interesting way to think about it. I believe is the phrase. Yeah, that that's I an interesting way uh-huh. to phrase it. I was like, dude, you could just tell me you think I'm an idiot. It's just I, I, it was such a you phrase that I thought I could get um, away with it. Guys, I'm just, I'm, I'm just like the audience right now. I'm just, I'm just listening with popcorn in my hands. Continue. <laughs> I, whenever I said that's an interesting way to think about it, it's a phrase that I'm pretty sure you had said to me verbatim at some point. So I thought maybe I could sneak I it past you, um, <laughs> and I couldn't. It was a great moment. I couldn't though. It was Nate. You would have loved it. It was so funny. I was like, because I, I, I was just. It was something that that I knew he would probably disagree with. It is fine. Well, you know, this is yeah, so just, unfair. I didn't. Just, it was an interesting way to think about it that I had not thought of because it was stupid. <laughs> I mean, because it was different. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome it was such a great moment because i i got the text and i just started i just cracked up because i was like yeah it was interesting huh what do you mean by interesting but anyway i'm sorry i didn't answer your question you feel free next time you don't have to be like yeah yeah that's great but um you know what i really meant was just next time say seth answer the bleeping question <laughs> You old, washed up, too many kids and ducks having Minnesotan whatever. I don't know. I I can't think of any slurs for Minnesotan. I'll ask it. I'll ask it this way. I'll ask it this way. Nate, what do you think? (laughs) I I'm going to fortify and strengthen my friend's arguments or his his projections. I guess I'm I'm trying to say. Uh, I. I just, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's so tough. So you kind of put, you know, Seth in an in a unusual position. Um, Thanks, Dave. All I know is that Bill Belichick me, is I guess. That's fine. Here's, here's, what I can, here's what I can tell you. Bill Belichick is going to wear a hoodie. I do agree that there will be some level of stunts. I think they should bracket Travis Kelsey more than Tyree Kill because like they don't right. have anybody to cover Tyree Kill. Um, <laughs> so just screw it. Just like whatever. Yeah, let's, let's hope I, he misses him. <laughs> I like it pretty much. I mean, like, look, I know, like, it, it's we've reached a. I I agree on both of you guys. We've reached this this weird loony place where it's like like the teams won t- twelve straight games. It's never happened before in the history of the franchise. Okay. Ah, ah, ah. They they just smacked down a team that that is really really good, and we may be reminded of that on Sunday before the Chiefs kick off their game. That oh by the way the Ravens really really good. Oh, uh, I I want to say that Cam Newton's gonna run for two hundred yards. They're gonna take forty minutes off the clock, and Patrick <laughs> Mahomes in the office will get frustrated. They'll have a turnover, and you know you'll look up and be like, how are they down ten points with four minutes to go? I I, I, I mean, I guess that could happen. I mean, I guess. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I mean I just you know fool me once you know how it goes I'm gonna try to ask Seth another question. <clears throat> um, Seth, you with me yes. so far? Okay. You also wrote in the Athletic about what Spags did on Monday and a story mm-hmm. that I again cannot stress enough I have not read yet in a way that makes me feel uncomfortable asking a question this specific but I'm gonna just trust you as a professional and a podcaster and an analyst. And a former friend. Whenever hey. you take, you t- <laughs> I almost missed that. That was subtle. Yeah, go ahead. Whenever you take, like what what the worst case scenario could be from the Chiefs' perspective, uh, defensively for the Chiefs, right? You you get the Patriots coming in. We don't really know exactly where Cam Newton's absolute aptitude is at, like in a three game sample size of him being healthy in this offense. They've had some great moments. They've had some not so great ones. Some mm-hmm. great performances. Some not so great ones. Small sample size. What did you and Spag talked about this some today also, like the idea of, hey, you've actually been preparing for nothing but kind of mobile quarterbacks. Obviously, they, they didn't play Tyrod Taylor, but they prepared for him. And, and kind of if there's an advantage to that. And Spag seemed kind of open to the idea of like, yeah, kind of preparing for guys that are at least willing to run the ball. And in some cases, great at running the ball kind of makes kind of makes our preparation those four weeks a little a little um, more like hum, uh, more like homogenous, I guess. Anyway. Nice what did word. what did they do against Lamar Jackson that you think could and what you think could not translate so they don't end up having Cam Newton run the ball for 200 yards? Sure. So I think the biggest thing that they did was they were really careful with their pass rush lanes, particularly on the edges. Um, when Clark and Taco Charlton and Michael Dana and and Tino Passanio started when they were rushing, they were always ready to break um, vertically and then towards the edge, right? Like they were almost, Mm -hmm. they're rushing while containing, okay? And now Mm -hmm. Cam's kind of a different sort of beast, right? Because he's a beast. Like he's just a big dude. He'll run up the gut just as easily. Um, But I think that is going to help because it's a different type of rush when you're rushing and containing than if you're just straight up rushing. Right, And so I think that is helpful doing it multiple weeks in a row because there's some similarities there. I think that's also helpful that you've spent a week, you know, looking at a bunch of read option stuff. 
and and, and preparing for it because one of the things read option does is it takes advantage of a lack of honed instincts like people have not now and that's changing more and more but people have not been facing this for 10 years like they have with certain other things and so getting more reps against that sort of stuff i think it's all helpful i think learning to take away the middle of the field some of that stuff that they did schematically against jackson Mm -hmm. i think that applies to cam too now cam is a little bit different than lamar cam's got an absolute hose for an arm like jackson's Mm -hmm. arm is fine but it's not like elite like he's, he's got a good arm but he's not like the Cam Newton has a cannon, but he's not as accurate as Jackson, but he does prefer the middle of the field, okay? And so mm-hmm. some of that stuff, taking away the middle of the field, preparing for the read option stuff, having your, your pass rush sets be a little more contained, I think those are all things that translate, even though they're very different players. Yeah, and, and you have to think, too, that like with their collection of receivers, I mean, maybe some corner routes, to the outside of the numbers, but you're right in terms of like, we all kind of know where Julian Edelman is going to operate. Yeah. He, there was a stat from him that like, that was looking at, I'm going to try, I'll try to find it. So I actually can, can cite it, but where he has had like uh, deeper targets this year than I would have expected, which I think in large part goes to exactly how many receivers on that offense are trusted worth literally a bleep from either Cam <laughs> or Josh McDaniels. Um, if you were going to, neither of you, neither of you can take this one, but if you're going to flip it then to like the Patriots perspective, you say, all right, well, here's what's different. Here's what's the same. Like what if, if, because we are kind of coming at this like sort of, I don't know, flippantly, but, I mean, also because, like, it's a game that we talk about, so, like, don't take it too serious. But if you're going to say, like, all right, right, well, the Chiefs lose this, it's because they couldn't do this. Like, or because the Patriots were able to pick on whatever. We talked about the linebackers quite a bit last week in terms mm-hmm. of Lamar Jackson running, in terms of them being able to go to the middle of the defense, all of that. And I think those things still apply to the Patriots, but it also didn't end up biting them against Baltimore. You you say things first, Nate. Julian Edelman has fifty one percent of the Patriots' air yards this year. Yeah, right. And, and which again, is the that, most that, of anybody. That's nuts. And again, that kind of goes back to like not only the trust from uh, McDaniel's and Belichick, but just the understanding that like he is the best player right now to fit the things that Cam Newton can do well, particularly in the intermediate zone in the middle of the field. And once he gets outside, you know, Edelman is probably the best player at adjusting his route to help the quarterback to both of their benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, the Patriots need shorter fields and turnovers. Um, I, I just feel in my heart, as long as the Chiefs play with any amount of respect for the opponent, not to say that they weren't doing that for the Chargers, but that was the one – randomized we ain't done this before oh my god like that's not even the quarterback i was preparing for <laughs> like what the hell is this um you know outside of that because they're gonna be an arrowhead there's going to be fans they haven't been home for a little bit now um i think they respect the patriots clearly um i just think the patriots need a short field they need turnovers and Chiefs fans aren't going to like this, but Bill Belichick is obviously the best coach, not named Andy Reid. And Bill Belichick, listen to me. John Harbaugh had an opportunity 
on the first drive of the game to make it clear what the rules of engagement were. Mm-hmm. And he chickened out. Mm-hmm. Sir, why in God's name would you ever punt the football, no matter where you are on the field, with this yeah. team with a collection of healthy star players? So short fields generated by turnovers don't be out here kicking no field goals. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm going to sneak in on that and Seth, you can take it back. Because the, the one thing there in, in that regard is we, we've talked, I think most people listening to this show understand like, like that we where we sit on time of possession. It can be a symptom of some other things, but it's a terrible predictor and it's, it's, it's borderline useless, if not completely useless, without surrounding context. Uh, uh, you know, the Ravens' best drive on Monday night was, took 12 seconds. It was a kick return. Like, that was their best drive, in, yep. even though it took no time. With that being said, the, the Patriots trying to uh, turnovers and, and short fields and all that, them limiting numbers of possessions could potentially matter specifically to what you just said, Nate, if they maximize Every single one of them. It's going yep. for it on fourth and four at midfield. It's going for it on fourth and goal from the three. Like, it is going for it in all of those circumstances and succeeding. I, I don't mean to say that go, being aggressive is uh, inherently going to help you win. If you're aggressive and you miss, you're going to lose in all likelihood. The Ravens had that issue in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. But the, the Patriots have to, everyone who plays the Chiefs, has to be that kind of aggressive and they have to win that way because you, you simply, you have to be successful in that. There, there's no way to beat the Chiefs that involves being cowardly. Like, I just don't think that exists. Um, that's absolutely right. Unless you, unless you've got an offense that can go shot for shot with them by playing your normal game. And really to do that, you either need an unbelievable game plan, which you can't rule out like the Rams had in 2018, Mm -hmm. um, and have everything kind of go right. Um, or, and even then they needed the defense to generate some turnovers and stuff, or you need an elite quarterback. I, I don't think you can beat the chiefs straight up just playing a normal game. You got to treat every possession like it counts. It, you got to treat every possession like you need to score a touchdown. Now that doesn't yep. mean you know. Look, if you're on you know if you're on the the twenty yard line or the fifteen yard line or whatever, and it's fourth and eight. Okay, I get that. You know, if it's early in the game, mm-hmm. there are some situations where it makes sense to take the points. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to treat almost every possession like you think the Chiefs are going to score a touchdown afterwards, and that's exactly what the Ravens didn't do. Right. Yep. Which yep. I have no idea. After their first drive, I'm curious why Harbaugh didn't just like. I I feel like he should have looked at his assistant and said, "Look, our game plan is screwed, and we're gonna have to score 35 tonight to win." And they didn't play like that the rest of the game. Maybe that maybe they thought they were, and that's why they tried to throw the ball more. I don't know, but I would say you know if you think about like a scenario. Ball control is generally a waste of time because all it can do is limit the number of possessions and increase randomization. Mm-hmm. I would say with someone like Belichick, who maybe has an opportunity, in, like say in the first half, to get the jump on the homes and read, show them some things they haven't seen. Usually with Reed versus Belichick, it is really one-sided. One way or the other, right? We've seen games where Reed has just run Bill Belichick out of the building. And we've seen games where the Chiefs offense couldn't do squat for the first mm-hmm. half or three quarters, right? Right. And so their best hope is they march out something the Chiefs, the Chiefs haven't seen before, and that gives them a decent halftime lead. And then that's where the ball control can matter. If you've already got the lead and you can limit the game to like three possessions each, in the second half. 
that is the one time, like once you're in the half, the second half with a lead, that's when it's then when they could do that. Because let me just tell you something: if the run's working for the Patriots and they've got a lead, they won't throw the ball like once. They will, you know what I mean? Like they will just run yeah. it and run it and run it. And so I, I, I'm curious about that. I think that's one area where things could go wrong. Where if the Chiefs get down by two scores. Then the then they can maybe start limiting possessions, but that's only if they're able to stay on top of the Chiefs for like the entire first half. Can you? Let, I wanted to mention this earlier, and now we're almost an hour into the podcast. So, uh oh, what happened? Here we are. Um, but you had an article up in the Chief of the North newsletter, which people can check out on your Twitter and see all of that there. And you wrote about the Chiefs' run defense against the Ravens and how it wasn't good, but it was good enough. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I thought the most interesting part of that was sort of looking at some of the situations where the Ravens were passing. And in most of those situations, even for Baltimore, it ended up being a passing down in all likelihood because of what had happened on first down or a penalty or something. Can you unpack a little bit of that, knowing that everyone can go check it out in the Chief of the North newsletter? Sure. Um, You know, a a big thing that was kind of the basis for it is the idea that offenses can't get behind the sticks, meaning, you know, Mm -hmm. you they've got they, they need to stay on schedule. Uh, you know, now the Chiefs, it just doesn't matter, and we can have a whole conversation about that. How Patrick Mahomes' ability on third down changes everything for Kansas City, and honestly, I don't think Andy Reid's completely unlocked that yet. But again, it's a whole other conversation. So offenses, especially like the Ravens, who don't want third and long, and that's now I'm not trying to disrespect Lamar Jackson, but he is not Mahomes on third and long. It's not close, and and well, he's got well, some. Well, he's, nobody is. Yeah, nobody is, yeah. and he's got stuff to work on to where he's not Russ Wilson on third and long either. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he's just he's not Rogers. He's not he's got some stuff to work on on third and long when the, when the threat of the run isn't there. So if you can get them behind schedule and make a stop on first down and make it to where you're dealing because when they're, they're passing offenses that's most deadly is when you're talking second and four, you know, mm-hmm. second and three where the play action just kills you. And, and th- that's where they're really dangerous. But if you can get them a little behind schedule to where it's like second and eight second and nine to where they got to kind of worry about running the ball again because then it might be third and long, which they avoid like the plague. There's a reason why Harbaugh was furious on that second drive when they got a tripping penalty. There's a reason he freaked out because he knows they couldn't afford to get behind the sticks and they went three and out. So with uh, with with the Chiefs' run defense, and this is only like three or four plays, mind you. They they gave up plenty of yards per carry. They got some issues. The, the linebackers and safeties both need to tackle much better. That's got to improve. But they were able to make a few key stops on early downs, even when the game was kind of in contention uh, in the first half, like on the third drive. They, they You get that stop on first down. Frank Clark made a really nice stop and make it second and long. Right, And so then the Ravens threw the ball, the pass defense came through. There were certain things they were able to do to make just a few situational stops. And the reason that matters so much, again, is if you're playing a team that isn't passing the ball that well, or terribly, in the case of the Ravens on Monday night, if you can just win one down, you can bump them out of it. And that's one reason why offenses that are based around the run aren't super consistent. Because it's really hard to consistently run the ball for five or six pops a carry or five or six yards a carry so that that's kind of the entire premise of the article is if you just get a few key stops in the run defense you can give up 
seven yards per carry on the night, as long as it's not seven, 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 right? If you give mm-hmm. up a couple of big runs, that's a bummer. But if you're able to contain them a few times on first down, you can force them into a situation they're uncomfortable with. That's what they were able to do with the Ravens just enough times to not be a complete and total mess. Now, obviously, we want to set the bar a little higher against the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> Anything on that, Nate? Or uh, are we we're, are we nearly to the end, to the time that we all say we think the Chiefs are going to win? We're getting there. Um, okay. <laughs> quickly, Mike Pinnell had some good snaps. Mike Pinnell had some like, hey, you hadn't been playing football snaps. Um, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be interesting to know um, whether he improves or – takes a little bit more of a slide as like, I don't know, he's probably sore for the first, like really sore for the first time. I don't know. This is probably the Super Bowl. So it'll be interesting to see how he moves into this situation, given, you know, Derek Nadi has played pretty well so far. You still got, you know, Tershawn Wharton in the mix. Um, Frank Clark is so good at setting the edge. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Chris Jones, you know, still dealing with the tweaked groin as yeah, I he was, he was we, limited Thursday. Yes. Yes. And also so, we like, talked about Legarius Sneed at all, which we need to come back to. But that Right. So like you know. just just you know, that makes Mike Pinnell's, you know, sort of, you know, uh presence in this interior defensive line a little bit more important. So it'll be I'll be watching him a lot on those early down plays that Seth is mentioning on Sunday. Do you have any feel on Chris Jones on if it's if they're in precautionary mode or if they're in oh yikes, he might not be full go on Sunday? It's not a concern just yet. My understanding is, though, that his snap count could be limited. Um, So just keep that in mind. If he is active on Sunday, he may not play his normal amount of snaps, um, which is more of a precautionary measure. And, of course, you lost a day playing Monday night and into, you know, Sunday late afternoon. Tershawn Wharton season! Wow, you moved on from him pretty quick. I thought we were going to get like a big emotional concerned Seth there. And instead we got like, we got like, oh yeah, sorry, my wife. I've Here's my new girlfriend. Meet my girlfriend, Tershawn Wharton. You know that meme where, see, yeah, now I've gone from gifts to memes. I'm actually, That's I'm actually good. devolving in front of you. You know the meme where the dude's <laughs> wearing the smiley face mask, but behind it he is raging yes. through tears? Yes. That's what yes. I'm trying to do. I use humor as a deflection when I'm feeling real emotions, Josh. Not that you're someone who would understand that feeling at all. No. We, we would no, never do I, that. You're speaking a different language. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't even make sense. I have a very healthy way of, of going through all of my emotions and feeling them as I need to that don't don't end up coming through in humor and self-deprecation. Yeah, absolutely. That I would never, ever do that or joke around about it as a way to have to avoid actually dealing with that's a very real and serious issue. Right, so, because that would give you like a chance to sort of ignore Acknowledge it in a way that would help on some level, but would keep you from having to actually tackle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would yeah exactly, exactly. Hypothetically. Yeah. So right. here's for the someone thing, else, probably. Here's the thing with Jones. Like, and it's a little different because now they're playing the Patriots without Tom Brady. It's an entirely different team, right? Entirely different type of game plan. But man, Chris Jones has killed the Patriots. Like, he has always done something insane against the Patriots, and it always makes me so happy. So that 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 is a bummer. But I'll tell you what, guys, like, seriously, I, I'm a debating writing about him again. Like, Tershawn Wharton, like, we'll see, right? We'll see. Small sample size. I think that dude can really play. Like, 
mean, yeah, and they could cut Chris Jones, I think, in three years and free <laughs> oh, up a God. lot of cap space. Oh, that escalated so quickly. <laughs> the thing, I mean, the, he is always going to be the mystery as to like, what did I miss at, at training camp? Like, I think I'm pretty decent at this job based yeah. on what they show me, and I just, I, 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 I mean. It'll be the biggest mystery of it is the biggest mystery of training camp. I, I, you know, I was I was almost nearly perfect in my projections. Don't look back, kids. Um, but yeah. like, <laughs> personally, I was really close to being perfect because they didn't make any moves. And like the biggest whiff was like, like, uh, huh? Uh, the guy from S and T. All right, all right. I, I, he, you know, and again, it's hard to make sense without preseason games, yep. real defensive line play in terms of who's improving and who's not, other than just who gets the amount of repetitions. Um, so, yeah, they, they they stashed him from even the reporter. I, uh, right along it feels the, like they the, sort of did that with him and Dana a little bit, doesn't it? Like it's like it's Dana was more obvious to me as to like, okay, I see this, I see that. You Ooh, did tell slide us. Inside. I like that, you know, but like I, I just never had that moment with, with, with Tershawn Wharton. Yeah, it, it does almost. You, that's a good point because you did tell us you're like, guys, Mike Dana's making the roster, like, and yeah. he and he's gonna play, and so that's a good point. But like with Wharton, it came out of nowhere until like the very last moment. You saw some reports like, you know, they really like him, and it was like, wait, what? And it does almost <laughs> feel like they were like, you know, we might we might really have something here. He really he can play now. Again, he doesn't have refined moves yet at this point. He went to S and T, people. Let's not like let's not have these high expectations that he's gonna develop into this insane pass rush or anything. But the dude is brute strong. Like he's still listed at two fifty five and it is the funniest thing. Like he's just huge. But anyway He was he was he was probably two fifty five whenever he was like <laughs> seventeen. Yeah. No, that dude has like and you said this, that is one thing you said to us, Nate, when we were leading the season like guys, Treshawn Wharton's a, an interior he's, lineman. He is not He's <laughs> he not on the edge. No. Nah. <laughs> but the thing is they dropped him into coverage a couple times. I was like, man, that dude can move. Like So 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 again, at some point I may have to write, you know, the the the, the Tayshawn Wharton story. And when that time comes I will ask the strength and conditioning coach, whoever that person may be at SNT, how many burgers was he pounding? How many ribs? He was killing it, wasn't he? He, he really was. Like, I know y'all did him and his family a favor by putting it at what? Let me check that number again. Is that 255? I, I mean, he, he come on, coach. <laughs> he had 255. No, it's it's so – I don't know. But anyway, I, I think Wharton could do a little something. I do think Chris Jones is going to play a big role um, because he's awesome at football. Like, th- that's one of those, like, really obvious ones that I feel like at a certain point. It's like, you know, I think Mahomes will have a big impact on the offense this Sunday. Uh, it's just a feeling I have. It's like, you know, like Lewis Riddick, which, you know, shout out to Lewis for going on a Chris Jones soliloquy during yep. Monday Night Football. I was yep. like, I was at home uh-huh. like, that's my boy. I had talked to him about that. He wouldn't know any of this if he hadn't talked to me. <laughs> and, and my wife looks at me and I was like, that's probably not true. But like, it feels good to say it. Um, so it, it just Jones is such a stud. It is interesting though. They've they've got young guys just playing well. 
And I actually am a little interested to see a little more Tashawn Warden. He saw his snap count go down with Pinnell returning, and he's got stuff to work on. He's got to work on dealing with combo blocks and double teams because he doesn't really seem to see the angles yet. But, man, when he gets a hold of individual linemen... He's he's got he's got a little bit of that. Now he doesn't have the same length, but he's got a little bit of that like Chris Jones like dude, I'm just stronger than you kind of thing going on and it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Um we have gotten over an hour into this show and not talked about Legarius Sneed at all. Um oh, we we figured it was it looked like a collarbone in real time. We now know yep. it is a broken collarbone. Andy Reid said he was going to go get it fixed up, I believe, so it sounds like surgery. They put him on it, injured reserve, yeah. which this mm. year IR means you have to miss 3 games. Um it seems like the timeline on collarbone could be 4 to 8 anywhere in that range pretty easily. He'll miss more than the 3. Yeah, um, he will get surgery, per my understanding, um, mm-hmm. because they put him on IR immediately, which means yeah. that you got to start the rehab um, based on you know. And obviously, this is kind of COVID related. Hey, how can we schedule this and make sure everybody's safe? You know, da, 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 da. but like he'll probably miss more than the three games. Circle your calendars for maybe December if his body heals mm. properly. I mean, to see like any real production based on oh, what we saw the dang. first two and a half games, mm-hmm. but um, but wow. yeah, that that. That's the understanding. December. Man, but the thing is, like... I, I'm just saying in terms of trusting what you saw the first two games. Now, he obviously may come back sooner mm. based on the severity and how much his body heals. But, like, I wouldn't expect contributions that were completely kind of a surprise given no preseason games um, as to what he was... Because, I mean, he honestly could have intercepted that ball when he got hurt, unfortunately. But, like, I, I don't know... If, it's just going to be hard, and even Sam Madison kind of referenced that today in terms of the the, the cornerbacks coach. Um, in terms of like, if we do get him back, great, but like, it, it it will be different than when he obviously came into the league fully healthy. Man, that's that's a bummer. <laughs> Holy cow! Um, and that's because I mean, the hope when you hear collarbone is uh, maybe six weeks, you know, and he comes back because like I think Tyreek Hill broke his collarbone last year, but it was one that didn't require surgery. No, he had the weird so chest injury. He, <clears throat> correct. Tyreek Hill's was a sternoclavicular joint issue that popped yeah. in towards the squishy bits. I've gotten very confident saying the phrase sternoclavicular. I do remember that now, so that's a good point. And so you hear the collarbone thing. I am happy that I mean they, they're hoping think to at Nick least get Foles, him back. Nick Foles broke his collarbone in Week One against the Chiefs last year. Yeah, and he was out for a minute. I think yeah. and he was know, out until like mid-November. Yeah, you know, and it's it's a bummer because he's he's played so well. Not just like for a fourth round pick, but for a rookie, uh, and just in general, he's played really, really well. It's been almost like, like almost Superman of him, like to where you know you're just like, yeah, you you at a certain point wonder, but but now we know, Legarius bleed. God, oh my God. <laughs> I, I mean, how did I not see that coming? It's like, how did I not see the back? He he, he back door curveball this, Josh. <laughs> On like a three-two count. How am I? How am I prepared for this? This young, this young, this young man's NFL career just got derailed. And oh Seth's come on! Like, oh no! Monday. Don't do that to me! No. <laughs> Nate, I don't think Josh and I can be friends anymore. No, we'll be back. I already on had a don't thing worry, for guys. you. Next. Don't you no, worry. It's fine. I got your next thing. I already had your next thing set up. 
um, which was that Seth, as the leading member of the cornerbacks don't matter fan club, uh, it just does it doesn't matter who plays now, right? Cam Cam's got no chance. There's no, none of this is going to come back and backfire while Bashad Breland's still suspended for one more game. <laughs> Traverius Ward with one hand, Rashad Fenton, and who the bleep cares, right? I, maybe who knows put both Bo, Bo peep on the field with the way spagnola's been calling defenses i mean crud there's like up oh, he's out it's like well i guess we might as well throw we we might as well still hold the mvp to like eight yards passing in the second should've, half should have traded him before he got hurt should trade your various ward now draft more running backs <laughs> trade your corners for running backs Man. call the texans who's the texans number one corner do they want clyde or they want they want to they want to hey, 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 why don't you give, just leave clyde out of this no nah, no nah, i misspoke i, I misspoke i misspoke can we get david johnson for tarverius ward <laughs> run those three running back sets i you Hell know yeah, you at a certain point you know it, it's got to come back and bite you at a certain point and i think we did see um we we saw a busted play against the chargers um where where fenton just seemed you know they just kind of had a miscommunication i you'd think at a certain point um, this is gonna sound crazy. Like you, you, you'd wonder how did we get here, and the the answer is lots of injuries and weirdness and a suspension. But man, I'm glad Antonio Hamilton's injury wasn't a long one, and I did not think that that's where we would get this season. Where I was like, man, it's a good because he's actually played kind of decent. What I'm guessing Spags will do based on what he's done so far, I think you're gonna see Tyron Matthew in the slot a ton. I think you're going to see a lot of Juan Thornhill, a lot of Dan Sorensen, and a lot of Tedrick Thompson in kind of some yeah, of these right. limited zone roles. And, Yum. man, they were flying all Delicious. over the field. Tedrick Thompson was bringing the boom on Monday night. Um, I called him Tedrick Thompson. If we're going to let Seth get away with Legereus Bleeds, I'd like Tedrick Thompson, please. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, accepted. Judges, anyway. judges, thank you. I, it, it just... I, I do take it seriously that a young man got hurt. I just yeah we can yeah we can tell no we can it tell. was it's too hilarious. funny because you neither of you even saw it coming and I tried to tip it with calling him Superman and like I I was gonna you just so you know I was gonna set that up for like another minute and a half and I couldn't <laughs> because I was I was trying not to laugh. Look, the th he's going to be okay. Who else has gotten hurt recently to make fun of? Uh, Drew Locke, more like Andrew Locke. Ha, 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 ha. I'm, glad, ha, ha, I'm glad he's hurt. Ha, 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 I'm sad. I, hey, that's not nice. I'm not glad he's hurt. It was just a good joke. Okay. Le'Veon Bell, more like Le'Veon on a, on a, on a cart. Ha, ha, oh, boy, it's, these are funny. I'm trying to think of another thing that rhymes with Sneed that I could do, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, what about a substance that he should not be doing because I still <laughs> test for it while you're hurt? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe he'll try to make himself feel a little bit better and, you know, I can't do it anymore. Josh ruined it for me. Yep. It was my fault. That's that. You're right. That, that's fair. Deflect, deflect, deflect. Poor Danielle. Poor, poor Danielle. God, this episode's long. Okay, yeah. Holy, my kids are sitting outside the door, Indian style, staring at the door right now. I don't think you can say Indian style anymore. Nate, really? do you have a point? Okay, yeah, Japanese style. What do you want? That's that's fair. <laughs> that's because Seth is. That's because Seth is. Well, I don't know yes, what fraction yes. of Japanese you are. I feel like that's worth clarifying for. Oh my, my gosh! Because I agreed is, to that way too quickly. What has happened? This is this has just gone 
yeah at this point at this point and nate you got a point we got to do the we got to do the predictions but i don't know if this episode can be legerious redeemed (laughs) nope (laughs) nope that was perfect let's uh let's move on to prediction time chase win by 40 34 20 they're giving up 20 points exactly again two of their three games have been 34 20 already i'm saying they do it three in a row or three out of four seth I think the Chiefs are going to win, and I think the rest of the NFL is going to just start collectively crapping its pants. It's going to be great. Uh, I, I, I think Belichick will hold him down for a little while, but not long enough. And I think you're going to yeah. see more vertical routes from Edwards Alaire this game. Just wonder if they're going to have any. I'm not making another luxurious Sneed joke, Josh, no matter how long you wait. I was I was, I was just going to give you the space to make another tasteless offensive joke at the expense of someone unfortunate. Um, just since that's like your brand now, like we just kind of have that, you know, it's that, called that gallows kinda humor, kind of off the wall, sort of South Park. humor. That's where you make the joke while you're on your way up to the gallows. Yeah. Like, I like your career right now. <laughs> right there. Um, we, this is a good transition, but I did want to say that if you haven't already, plead. You, okay. You got to go luxurious read Nate Taylor's story about oh, his dad. That's you. what you should do. All great. right. Uh, no. It was so, it was um, so good, class, man. Sir. It's great. It's great. Um, thank you. I, that one wasn't written down anywhere. I just, I just, Legereus needed to move on. And uh, the story is legit great. It was, um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it very much. Got, got a little dusty. Just a little, just tiny bit. Just a couple little, couple little specks of dust in the room. Um, it was, but it's great. And it, uh, I don't know. I, I bet it makes a lot of people kind of reflect on, um, similar experiences with their with members of their family dads or moms or aunts or uncles or whatever but um it's just a it's a good story of learning to uh to love football with somebody that you love so it was it was a great um everything seth's written stinks but everything nate writes is excellent and if you'd like to read all of those things for a ridiculous price you can go to theathletic.com slash times ours it's a dollar a month you can check it all out there you can also follow us on twitter uh, at by nate taylor at jb briscoe and uh seth's account's probably going to get banned soon for doing something super just dis- un- distasteful but if you want to get in before that it's at real mn chiefs fan uh one of you can end the show okay, I don't even care it, anymore. it'll, it'll be me it was it was very emotional to to write my personal story to some degree because you know not what i do for a living but thank you so much to everybody who um reached out and said that they appreciated it It, it's great to see um that people that that we all can just relate to one another in this crazy thing called football sports nfl life so um thank you so much i'm trying to get back to people um this team does not make that easy because they keep just pumping out news um so you know, my my father, at some point, I can pretty much guarantee this based on my wife being the agent, the the go-between, um, is probably going to make an appearance on this podcast before we get to the Excellent. bye week. I, I, that's, that's all I want to give. It'll be a little bit Excellent. of a surprise when it happens where my wife is doodly putting down the, 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 the terms of agreement for him to Come on, because obviously he's coming on after Lewis Riddick. Kind of a hard job. So uh, thank you so much. Um, My dad has read a lot of the comments. He also says thank you. Uh, We we might circle back to this, but um, if you want to know why I have this, you know, partly ridiculous personality, hopefully resourceful brain of information, 
um, that can give it to other people in a useful, understandable content. It is mostly from that man in the context of my job. So thank you so much. Um, Bill Belichick needs to go forward on fourth down, and I'm still sure that Chiefs will somehow find a way to win. Also, Nate, just one one other thing that I did just think of is go ahead and see if your dad wants to be the full time third host of the show because I feel like there's a vacancy coming pretty soon. You know that 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 might be that might come at a deep at a higher price, but we can I, I will relay that information to Holly. <laughs> <laughs>